And now, Dan Happel's Connecting the Dots. If tomorrow all the things were gone, I'd work for all my life. And I had to start again with just my children and my wife. I thank my lucky stars to be living here today. Where the flag still stands for freedom and they can't take that away. Forget the men who died, who gave that right to me, and I gladly stand up next to you and defend her still today. Cause there ain't no doubt I love this land. God bless the USA. God bless the USA. I don't think you've met uh, my guests that are on, going to be on with me here. Uh, shortly, and that is uh, Lieutenant General Retired Thomas McInerney. He was the number three man in the Air Force, uh, worked for years with Fox News before they they started going commie. And uh, also, we're going to be talking with uh, my, my great friend and an absolutely wonderful, brilliant patriot, uh, Mary Fanning and Alan Jones. And Alan Jones is... Uh, investigative reporter for the New York Times, or I'm sorry, the Washington Times community. And, uh, whoa, I don't want to give him that moniker. And uh, uh, they do programs uh, with Mike Lindell. They do programs with John B. Wells. They do the national security briefing on Saturdays. And I'm telling you, it's a great honor to have them as friends, and we're going to be talking about the enemies within the wire because we're no longer uh, standing looking at enemies that are opposing us. Now they're inside the wire, and they are uh, they are uh, shooting at us from the back. And uh, we better watch it. We better get on on the stick here. So, Michael, stick around with us. I think I, you'd really enjoy this conversation. And I see that uh, uh, General uh, Tom McInerney. Uh, Tom, are you on with us? No, it doesn't sound like he's on. Maybe uh, we'll go ahead and open up with uh, Mary Fanning. Mary, uh, I am always so thrilled to have you on with me because you – are the best researcher I know. You do an amazing job, and you are so incredible. When you were talking with me the other day, I think we both were kind of commiserating about how far we've allowed this whole thing to go and how miserable it's getting to be. Uh, oh, I see that uh, General McInerney is on. Uh, uh, Lieutenant General Tom McInerney, number three man in the U.S. Air Force before he retired. Uh, he was the special advisor, 
military advisor to uh, the vice president. And he is a gentleman who is like us, incredibly concerned about the direction of our country. Uh, Tom, thank you for joining us. Uh, looks like you're muted. You may want to unmute yourself and uh, please join us. I would love to have that conversation with you. It's been a while. Yes, it has, Dan. Can you read me now? Yeah, absolutely. You're coming in loud and clear. Great. Well, well we got uh, our hands full right now. Oh, man. I, You know, everybody keeps saying, uh, how did we let it get this far? And to be honest with you, uh, I think all of us kind of underestimated the the depth of the battle plan and the and the depth of the enemy uh, uh, platforms in our country, and we didn't realize that uh, just how uh, totally they were taking over the whole thing. We knew there was a problem, but we didn't know exactly how tough it is. We've got a battle on our hands. This is not just a matter of a battle. Right now, we've got to fight our way out of a pocket. Absolutely, Dan. And uh, I, Tucker Carlson is uh, is a casualty of it, I believe, yeah. since he was fired by Rupert. And unfortunately, Rupert has been involved with this, and the Fox people have been complicit in the election fraud and other things. And that's been our whole problem. The mainstream media is not on our side. and uh, But it is starting to all come together where you see what Tony Blinken did. He was the originator of the uh, 51 uh, intelligence specialist that said that uh, Hunter Biden's laptop was uh, bogus. And... Uh, <clears throat> they they did all those things, and now uh, I see that uh, Catherine Engelbrecht and uh, Greg have got their lawsuit from Connect dropped, and uh, their 2,000 mules is valid, but <clears throat> it's still not resonating with the American people that the election was stolen. All the activities, starting from the very top of the day that Oh, Biden came in office, as you know, I still call him O'Biden. Mm -hmm. I do. <laughs> the energy independence, no nation in the history of mankind has ever given up <clears throat> their energy independence, Dan, because it's a national security issue. And then the deliberate surrender in uh, Afghanistan, the open borders we've had now going on six million people crossing our borders the fentanyl crisis, which is it's more than a crisis. It's a deliberate biological attack by the Chinese using the cartels. And uh, <clears throat> our president has not said anything about it. And <clears throat> the inflation, the destruction of the dollar, all these things are deliberate. And it's turning out that every conspiratorial uh, fact the, the truth. And uh, uh, that's what the American people have got to understand, how dangerous it is, how pervasive and how deep it is, and what they're doing and giving China all those resources to do it. The uh, Green New Deal, etc., is all designed to weaken this great nation. 
And now it's starting to, since the Republicans have the House, Jim Jordan and Jim Comer are, are looking at the facts and taking Hunter to task. It, it's becoming very evident that President Biden, O Biden himself, was deeply involved in these money deals and getting money from China, Red China, from the Ukraine, from Russia, et cetera. So you're right. Uh, it is, it's connecting the dots and they're all coming together, Dan. Very dangerous to this nation. Well, we've got such a battle ahead of us and I'm surprised. I'm kind of uh, uh, almost astounded that the American people haven't uh, caught on much quicker. Now, I know, I, I see it every day, people are starting to wake up, but good Lord, what does it take to get people to say, wait a minute, we need to turn this ship around, and I'm willing to roll up my sleeves and be part of the solution. We've still got a whole bunch of dumb people out there that just flat don't get it, and they, they say, well, what can I do? Well, first of all, you can say no. <laughs> That's the biggest thing. You can call your congressman. You can call, you can call the president's office and say this is uh, ridiculous. If enough people in this country were to do that, I guarantee you they'd back off in a, in a second just because they are cowards or they wouldn't do it the way they've done it. Well, and, and that's because the mainstream media is complicit with them. And never before in our history, Dan, and this is why it's so difficult, never before in our history have we have our greatest threat being from internal Democrats that are really trying to drive this nation into uh, a communist society with their pro progressive uh, issues that they're using. They're all designed for communism. The critical race theory, which I forget to mention about your skin color determining the merits of your of your logic, et cetera. All this is designed, and Barack Hussein Obama is behind it. And uh, he's complicit with the World Economic Forum, uh, George Soros. All these things that are happening are not accidents. They're deliberately being done by the what used to be called the Democratic Party, but it's really now a communist party that is trying to take control from the American people. And you're right. We have been slow. The American people have been slow to understand. You and I have been working this for two plus years, ever since the election. There's no question about it. Mary Fanning was on. Well, I don't want to take Mary's time, but the fact is she has been a vital cog in this. And with her knowledge, of, of everything that's going on around us. And, uh, but that's why I believe it's taken so long for the American people to wake up. It has never happened before. Our military, when did they ever penetrate our military and where they're teaching critical race theory in the military academies and in the services themselves? This has never happened before. I would have told you, Dan, it could never happen. But it has happened. All the service chiefs should resign when you have a chairman of Joint Chiefs of Staff talking about white rage. It's, I've never heard of white rage in 35 years in the military. And so that's why I'm so disappointed that they've been able to penetrate 
And it was all started under Barack Hussein Obama. Yeah, he did truly fundamentally transform America. He promised that. I remember that the the night that the election that he was uh, selected uh, to office, I remember him talking about, we will change America. We will fundamentally transform America. And he delivered on that promise. The problem with that is, is he fundamentally turned us into a Marxist technocracy. And, uh, you know, if, if people had known, I mean, think about that. If, if we were the systemic racists that, uh, that we're accused of being, do you think we would have had a black president? Do you think we would have had all the uh, high elected officials and uh, top of cabinet level agencies as uh, black human beings would have ever happened? It's just nonsense, and I'm sick of hearing it, and I'm sick of everybody rolling over whenever they get accused of something that they're not guilty of. Precisely. There's no question about it. He fanned the racial issues. But again, that's a Marxist process and a Marxist ideology. All the things they're doing are Marxist ideologies. Uh, and so that's, that's what America has got to wake up and realize. And that's, Dan, why you're so important, why Connecting the Dots is such a vitally important show, because you're saying things that the mainstream media is not saying. Well, it's important that we continue to expand our listenership. And, uh, Tom, I, I tell you, you are such an incredible uh, expert. You have so much more knowledge than the average person on military affairs. I mean, you were, uh, at one time, you were the head of uh, the NATO uh, nuclear triad, weren't you? Well, I, I played a very important role as the vice commander-in-chief of U.S. Air Forces Europe. We had the largest theater nuclear forces in history uh, at that time. And uh, plus, I would visit all the allies that had were you sitting alert on our nuclear weapons. And uh, uh, But I was not the commander of it. The Supreme Allied Commander Europe was. Uh, but I was intimately involved with it, Dan. Mm -hmm. Well, um, uh, Michael Dabari, who is uh, known widely on uh, Patriot circles as Badass Uncle Sam, uh, Michael is on before my program, and he just uh, sent me in the chat that he has a question for you. Would you mind? No, I'd be delighted. Okay, Michael, uh, it's all yours. Generally, it's an honor to get to speak to you uh i've uh, i know your work i've uh i've seen some of the, the things you've done in the past so this is a great honor uh and you are indeed uh you seem to be a proponent of you know the deep state you know it's there of course it's obvious but i have and this is a question i always ask anytime i run into someone in the military i've spoken to brigadier general out on the streets of many colonels people that are would be involved in the uh in the upper echelons of the military 
there's, you know, when you listen to some of the blogs, especially if you go to places like uh, Before It's News, you're going to hear the talk of the white hats in the military. I, of course, would, listen, I would put you in that category. But my question to everybody that I meet in the military is like, is there a segment of the military that has a group of white hat military people that are or that are under the command of other than in other words there's talk that trump is still commander-in-chief that they you know he's still president is there any truth to this at all that there is a uh, a segment of the military that is that we can count on to be with us and fight i don't think so now, I think I think the military on balance uh, uh, is for us. But what I'm disappointed in is the chiefs, the service chiefs, are not rejecting these ideas, particularly the critical race theory. But, but then there are other things that, that have happened. And uh, uh, but I do not think that there's a, a, a white hat group in waiting to get the orders from, quote, former president, and that's part of their information operations campaign. This is being run with excellent precision. It is overloading the system, as you see. I mean, every week it's something new. What Mayor Adams coming out now, don't eat meat. Uh, you know, we've had this Green New Deal in which they're destroying our economy and, and our energy and our national security, and they've made it sound like it is a uh, a critical crisis. It is not. A, it's it's all part of the Marxist ideology. It certainly is not what they make it out to be, and it's been done very well. And <clears throat> we have had, unfortunately, people like Jim Clapper, John Brennan, Bill Comey, and I, I don't know how Clapper got involved with them. Comey and uh, Brennan were commies in, in college. And uh, so they had the natural predilection to go that way. Uh, we know Barack Hussein Obama was brought up by one and uh, Frank Marshall Davis. And so when you start reaching back and, and looking at it, there's uh, been this group. But uh, in direct answer to your question, I do not see any white hats organization out there that is waiting to spring out and save us. Right now, we the people and phone and uh, radio shows like yours, like Dan's, are is what's going to educate we the people, and we the people are going to have to raise up. Now, what people don't understand is Donald J. Trump won the 2020 election, and it's important to to address that. And they did it through many different ways, okay? But one, you know, I was just reviewing the other day, Pennsylvania had 200,000 more votes than voters. And why wasn't that protested in the Electoral College? In other words, with the mail-in ballots, <clears throat> they, they were so flagrant in trying not to hide it but in doing this, 
and all the mail-in ballots. There has not been one audit, not one audit, of clearly any of the battleground states or any states. And the the, the litmus test is clearly if uh, Joe Biden got the most votes of any president in history, he would be demanding, demanding audits of all 50 states to have him count the votes that he won. The fact is, by my estimate, they've spent over $100 million just stopping any audits altogether because they do not want any of this to be exposed. And I'm an election denier. You all are election deniers because we know that sitting in the basement in the 2020 election, particularly when President Trump was ahead in all six battleground states, at 9.30 at night when five of the six quit counting, Mm -hmm. they stole this election, and we shouldn't back off about it or apologize it. Just have them do one or two or three audits. Look what's going on at Cary Lake is facing out in uh, Maricopa County right now. And so this goes back to the question of White Hats. No, they they laid this out, and I've got to say, because they have the, the press behind them and the censorship that we found out that Twitter did, with Jim Baker working and the other 80 former FBI people or CIA that were working for Twitter, censoring all our speech before that election. We now know that the 51 high up senior intelligence, some several Republicans that uh, said that uh, Hunter Biden's laptop was... was Russian. That that was all false. And they put their reputations, 51 former high-level uh, intelligence community people did that. Very prominent. Leon Panetta. See what our threat is from within. From within. Mm-hmm. And the current Secretary of State was the genius behind that. He started it, and Morrell is the one that actually did it, but it was Tony Blinken that actually created that idea, and it was all designed to interfere with the election. And uh, uh, in the 2022 election, they're still doing it. The Republicans won 50—excuse me, the Republicans won five Senate seats, New Hampshire, Pennsylvania— Georgia, Arizona, and Nevada. Yet they did not. Con- the Republicans did not contest those billets. And why? Why didn't uh, McConnell do that? Why didn't Runa McDaniel do that? That's their job. If I can find this information out and how they did it, then they should be able to do it. And so. Technology, this is is very easy technology to steal. And unfortunately, we gave it to Red China, the PRC, and they used it two plus months ago in Brazil 
in which they stole 5,188,344 votes from uh, Bolsonaro and slipped them over to Lulu using cyber warfare. And then when we look at it even deeper, it was in 2005 that General Hotien, their equivalent of the chairman of the Joint Chiefs of Staff, promulgated a new strategy uh, to gain global dominance called unrestricted warfare without using kinetic warfare, bombs and bullets, by using massive biological and massive cyber. Fifteen years later, what happens? We get hit with a massive biological attack that people are still saying, well, it, 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 it leaked out of Wuhan Virology Lab number four. It did not leak. It was deliberately spread during the Chinese New Year in January of 2020, followed up by using hammer and scorecard, a former special... Uh, special access program, SAP program, that the CIA was using, in which Barack Obama, three weeks after he came in office, Jim Clapper and John Brennan moved a version of it over to Fort Washington, Maryland, and started listening to American judges, et cetera, congressional leaders. And so this version of scorecard, which gets into it's, um, uh, hammers like your iPhone, it connects you, and scorecard is like the applications on your iPhone for your bank, for your weather, for all those things. That goes in in the servers in the wee hours of the morning, like after 9.30 at night, and uh, it adjusts, and it turns out you switch the votes to the person you want, and they win by 2 to 3%. And so people say it was close, and they don't contest it. Mm -hmm. We know this. And why President Trump didn't? Because he was in briefed. I was not in. Was never in briefed on it. It was because the inventor of it, Dennis Montgomery, became a whistleblower in 2015. And Mary has written. Uh, uh, Fanning uh, uh, has written uh, numerous articles on it, and reported on it. And so. What I'm saying is all these things are put together and describe your question on the white hat, which is a good one, but I believe it's false. It's just to give people hope and uh, that they don't do things, but we're going to have to do things. Mm -hmm. And that's why what Dan is doing and, and describing, he didn't believe, you know, how, how did it get done so deeply? Well, if you're a former president of the United States, You've got the former CIA director, the former DNI, the former chief of the FBI laying out a game plan in four years while Trump was president. You can lay out a pretty – and they have unlimited funds, unlimited funds from George Soros and the crowd and the World Economic Forum, et cetera. That's what we are facing. And so I, I don't mean to be pessimistic about no. Oh, thank you no, for I, I, about it, but I, I'm disappointed online. I'm really disappointed that the active duty four stars haven't come online. I agree. I agree. And uh, Tom, what you're talking about, I absolutely agree. And I've told people this, 
what they're doing is a psyop to get people, as you say, to give them hope. And uh, James Corbett refers to it as hopium, uh, trying to uh, really nullify all the things that are going on that people ought to be reacting to. They uh, create this this feeling among people that don't worry, everything's going to be fine. There's going to be some people out there that are going to do it for us. We have to be the ones. This is something that I, I stole from Mary Fanning. Uh, we are the ones we are looking for. There's nobody going to save us but us. And that's just the way it is. Spot on, Dan. Spot on. And this well, is tough I, stuff. It it is, and it's so hard for people. I, you know, you mentioned uh, you mentioned Maricopa County. What's going on there? I've had a number of interviews, and um, I I don't know if you saw, but uh, uh, the young man who was uh, trying to get a press pass for the uh, Maricopa County election uh, to be an observer. Uh, they refused to give him that press pass. He won in the Ninth Circuit Court a $175,000 lawsuit against Maricopa County. And frankly, the reason they settled that quickly and that easily is because, as the Ninth Circuit Court said, and I saw the interview, uh, they said this is so blatantly unconstitutional, nobody can ignore this. Uh, you people are censoring people you don't like, and you're promoting people you do like, and this is not what the First Amendment is all about. It's a, a fascinating discussion. Yeah, I saw you on that. Dan, you've done a, a wonderful job on looking into that and the different cases, because most most media people, and in all fairness, I do not hear any any Republicans contesting 2020 or 2022 yet. Mm -hmm. Trump was the only one. And I think they've talked him out of it to get off it now for a while. But the reason it matters is because they're using the same tactics, techniques, and procedures to steal elections. That's why it's important. And we cannot deny it. I mean, look, we have a doofus, and I'm embarrassed to say this, but we have a doofus for a president. He cannot even carry on a conversation. If anybody saw Mark Levin the other night uh, with uh, President Trump, can you imagine Biden talking for an hour with uh, Mark Levin the way uh, <laughs> Donald J. Trump did? Brilliant. Brilliant. Mm -hmm. Well, and uh, General, the, uh, the, the fact is, is, you're talking about the stolen elections, the only— We'll never have another honest election until we get back completely back to paper ballots, hand counted at the precinct level, and the results tabulated at the precinct level, and then uh, elected judges there that forward them uh, to a national tabulation. That's the only way that we're going to get an honest election again. And frankly, the Republicans... I call them the gutless party. Uh, the Republican Party is Democrat light, the way I see it. And I used to, I, I was involved at the very top of the Montana Republican Party. 
And I can tell you, it's an embarrassment to, to see what the Republican Party has turned into. We need to get away from two-party politics and get back to electing statesmen. Uh, and that's not going to happen until we just say, you know, I don't care. You can put whatever you want behind your name, but you better be a person of substance or you're not going to get in office. Correct. Spot on, Dan. Spot on. Well, sir, I thank you for uh, coming on with us and being our guest. I know that you've got a very busy schedule. Mary uh, told me that uh, you wanted to come on and talk, and I, I, all I can say is that I know of no one who uh, carries the, the water better than you do. You are outstanding in talking about this, and I appreciate the fact that you talk honestly about, I agree about the White Hats. I think that's all PSYOP. I, th I think that uh, there's nobody out there going to save us but us. Absolutely, Dan, and thank you very much for having me and Mary for uh, for getting me on, And uh, because y you are telling it to America like it needs to be told. Dan, and you know, I've said before to you, this is our Normandy, this is our Battle of the Bulge, this is our Iwo Jima. No matter what age you are, this is the battle for the salvation of America. And God bless you, Dan, for what you're doing and connecting the dots. Well, thank you, sir. And I will have to say, too, this is not only a battle for America, this is a battle for the soul of the world, because these globalist SOBs want to destroy any semblance of individual rights and individual... You're muted. Oh, okay. All right, uh, Michael, I don't know what happened. We just uh, lost everything there, but does... Does that really surprise you? Oh, no. My, my computer's been acting very wonky all day. Uh, I've been trying to upload a video all morning. Usually takes about 20 minutes. It's been two and a half hours now, and it's still not uploaded. So something is mm -hmm. very strange. <laughs> well, uh, I, I guarantee you when you get a three-star general talking about uh, <laughs> the deep state, that uh, scares the hell out of uh, uh, the deep state, obviously. Mary, I, I think you're on with this. I, uh, I am, Dan. And um, it, Please, Mary, introduce <laughs> yourself uh, to Michael Dabari. He is a badass Uncle Sam. He's out of... Uh, the New Orleans area, New Orleans, as they say. And uh, he is really a kick to be around and one of the best patriots in this country. Uh, I know that he's going to absolutely love to hear what you've got to say. Well, it's a pleasure to meet a badass Uncle Sam. And uh, <laughs> I think we just heard from General McInerney, and I'm, I, um, I bring him on because that's what leadership looks like in this country. That's what leadership should look like in this country. And that, General McInerney, is truly our George Washington, uh, that, that he has led this fight to take back mm -hmm. America, and he calls it out like nobody else can. And the, you know, this is a man that flew 440 missions in Vietnam. This is a man you know, in charge of Northern Command, 
nuclear weapons over in Europe. Uh, General McInerney knows what he's talking about. Mm -hmm. And we've been working together. You know, you know, Dan, I'm, I'm not a military person or a CIA person or anything else. I write. And, uh, you know, there's an awful lot of open, open source information if people, you know, look into things. But we can't lose our country because we're a bunch of sheep. We've, you know, how many generations have shed blood and treasure for our freedom? And so um, you're so right. No one is coming to save us. We, we, the American people, are the people we have been waiting for. And only by standing up. Remember General Flynn? He says there's only 2% of them, 98% of us. We stand shoulder to shoulder to take back this country. Everything that Barack Obama has done has been for the fundamental transformation. This is also Joe Biden. The fundamental transformation toward our destruction. And Dan, I don't know if you heard the, the pieces that we put out and we've spoken to our clues piece before, but what we added to some of that is new was the information that Obama as he flew to Chicago and stood before Anita Dunn and Bob Bauer and Valerie Jarrett and all their long time links to communism and Soviet silvermaster spies, that he stood before them and said, well, you know, if you think, uh, I'm surprised that we pulled this off, you know, mm -hmm. so am I. I saw that. Yeah. And so uh, understand, as Marcus Tullius Cicero warned, of the enemy within is the most dangerous that moves among us and pretends to be one of us. When you're, if you're one of us, you're not uh, implementing this perversions into our schools, into our grammar schools, unless, unless of course you liked Frank Marshall Davis's mentors um, and the co-founder with NAMBLA, the, the National Man Boy Love Association. Mm -hmm. Since when did that become normalized? When did be grooming of our grammar school children become the norm? It's perverse. It's demonic. And so um, when, and that's part of what was so important to, to show the American people. It's that Obama and his embrace of communism, Joe Biden comes out of Council for a Livable World, a Soviet silver master communist organization that put him into play. And when people start to understand that communism itself is demonic, they'll start to get the picture, and that's what's coming our way. Mary, you say something that's so important. Of course, you know, um, I've, I've told you this, and I've been uh, outspoken about it on air, but uh, my, my father was a communist. Uh, yes. His family were all uh, either communist or progressive socialists. They were well-meaning, ignorant people who had no clue about how an economy works. They had no clue. It's all great. You can talk about how everybody ought to share and all this crap. And they, you know, I honestly, for the most part, they, they tried to live what they believed and they were very, uh, you know, they were willing to give to other people and do things. So it wasn't like they were, 
nasty, evil people, except the fact that uh, they didn't understand economics. And uh, I could sit down with any one of them and talk economics, and they didn't have a clue what I was talking about. Well, so, Dan, you if know, you don't have to live in a world where you actually have to make a living and you can go to work for the government and do nothing but sit on your ass and and <laughs> uh, take freebies, then I guess that's okay. But I'm not one of them. I made well, my from the time I was eight years old by myself. Oh, and right. screw this nonsense. Well, you have to keep something in, in mind, and and I do. And, you know, no doubt it applies to your family. You know, very few understood it. But also, they were being sold a bill of goods after from by FDR and others and all the communists that were in his um, administration. And right. they, as they fought the Nazis, the fascists, they embraced uh, Papa Joe, and communism. So people had no reason to understand how dangerous communism was at that point, because here our ally is is Stalin. And so, of course, they didn't think that um, the communism was as bad as they didn't understand it because uh, we were fighting Hitler and the Nazis, the fascists. So um at that point, I don't think people had reason to understand the whole picture, unless, of course, they understood the Bolshevik Revolution, et cetera. But uh, so you have to understand that some people, uh, in, in a lot of ways, were sold a bill of goods by FDR's administration and his communist wife. Yeah. But and and uh, she had some other issues. But yeah. they're <laughs> they had a, they had a lot of issues, but yeah, uh, sure I, the the part that I find interesting is that they uh, none of them will ever explain the uh, German Russo pact between Hitler and Stalin that held on for two years before Hitler attacked Russia, uh, and where they went in together and disassembled and destroyed the country of Poland and shared in uh, the rape of that country. They don't have an answer to that one, do they? Well, uh, I think Michael McKibben had some good answers to that because you're looking at a, another entity that, that is above all other entities. And, uh, you know, war is a racket. It's, mm -hmm. it's you know, the, the military industrial complex. It's a moneymaker. And uh, as they've taken down countries, and if, if you go and look at what happened when the Bolsheviks took down uh, Russia and it became the Soviet Union, and you're looking as this, you know, the same group of people entered China and put Mao in place, uh, when you start to see the picture that it was always working toward uh, the new world order and understand it, it's the new communist world order. It's a, it's a country, it's a world without nation states, no sovereign nations. It is a world where they only uh, decide who gets to live and die. There is no freedom. When you understand, and Bill Ayers is a good study to understand that. Bill Ayers was another Bolshevik. Bill Ayers was a terrorist. Bill Ayers and his wife are bizarrely evil. You know, when people understand, and it's just this one little story, when they understand that Bernadine Dorn, a.k.a. Ornstein is her real name, when the, they broke in and killed 
Sharon Tate. And they murdered that nine-month pregnant woman and the people in the house. And it was some of the most evil, dark chapter to understand what they did to that woman. But when they finished her off and they took a fork and they pressed it through her very pregnant belly to make sure they killed her baby. And Bernadine Dorn adopted the time, the fork salute for the weathermen. Then you have some insight into who and what these people are. Mm-hmm. When you are celebrating that and making it your salute for the weathermen, then you understand these are the people that Barack Obama was working with. These are the people that was not just a guy in his neighborhood, that he launched his presidential campaign out of their living room. These are the people, Bernadine Dorn, who was the mentor to Michelle Obama at her law firm, even though she was a terrorist, Bernadine Dorn, who had had her, her law degree taken from her. She was still mentoring the, the one L's at the firm, working with for six years, Michelle Obama. Then the law firm that minor law firm that Barack Obama went to was another friend of Valerie Jarrett's. Mm-hmm. And so they go way back and they're connected to Resco and to low-income housing. But Valerie Jarrett's mother connected to Tom Ayers, Bill Ayers' father, her, both of her, her parents and grandfather. But they were also working in concert with Alfred Stern, a Soviet spy, and Madeline Dodd. They had partnered with them. So the, the CPUSA uh, produced these same people out of Chicago where they were working with Valerie Jarrett, her mother, her father, her grandfather. When Alfred Stern was arrested, when he was, they were coming for him and Madeline Dodd, they fled the country. They went to Prague and then to Cuba. Their Valerie Jarrett's father, Dr. Bowman, you know, gave some half-cocked story about somebody made him use a back door. Oh, BS. He <laughs> fled to Iran where she was born hmm. seven years later. That's amazing. Mary, you've got so much uh, knowledge of the history. I, I do want to uh, get Alan on uh, with us here because he hasn't said a word. And uh, I want uh, Michael to get a chance to hear a little bit about uh, Alan. Uh, Alan, welcome to the program. Uh, Thank you for hanging in there like you do. I am absolutely amazed every time I talk to you about what what an incredibly clear understanding of everything going on that you have. And I, all I can say is that uh, you always add so much to the conversation. Uh, Alan Jones, welcome to the program. Thank you, Dan. It's a pleasure to be here. Well, uh, we were talking, I was visiting with Mary, and she was talking about all the things going on now in D.C. with Anthony Blinken. And, uh, you know, all the disclosures that are coming out, all the things that are happening, 
I mean, they're in a full court press right now. And I would love to hear your opinion about how this is all going. Well, I want to um, step back and look at the big picture here. Okay. So let's go back to this secret speech from General Chi Ho Chien, who was the head of China's defense forces. Okay. Now he had this secret speech in which he talked about their plan to take down the United States and they were prepared to kill hundreds of million Americans if necessary for the new Chinese century. And then add to that the book Unrestricted Warfare that was written by a couple of uh, People's Liberation Army colonels. Part of unrestricted warfare is lawfare, okay? There are a lot of very highly paid attorneys in this country who went to the top law firms. They go every morning to very plush offices with receptionists and their lattes and sit at their desks and then help the communist revolution. They're helping companies that are linked to China and the CCP. They're protecting Joe Biden, who took, according to the reports that we're getting out of, for example, uh, Comer's House Committee, who's investigating this, took millions of dollars from the CCP, and they are protecting the Democrats and the Bidens. Okay, I want them to stop and just take a moment and look in the mirror and ask themselves who they are and what they are doing. I want them to think about the Marines and the members of the 82nd Airborne, the 101st, um, who, who and, and our Navy SEALs who died in the jungles of Vietnam with bullets in their bodies and fragments from grenades. I want them to think about the brave Americans that died in the freezing winter of Korea, fighting the Korean forces that were backed by Joseph Stalin. I want them to think about the CCP's forced human organ harvesting of live human beings and the torture them tearing off the fingernails of innocent human beings and ask themselves who they work for and whether the number of zeros in their bank account or their brokerage account is worth it. Is it really worth it in the end? Because this is a spiritual warfare and you better pick which side you're on. Alan, you couldn't be more uh, absolutely right about this. This is a spiritual war that we're in, and people don't, you know, they they can they can doubt, uh, you know, some of the things we say. Okay, go ahead, but do your own research. You'll find out we're right. But at the same time, you cannot doubt that evil, absolutely abjectly evil people are the only ones that would do the kind of crap that they're doing. Yes, I don't know if they're just not aware, uh, because if you look at history and really break down what's going on, they, they just, they're pretty smart. I mean, if you got through law school, and uh, you should be able to figure this out and decide exactly what it is you're going to do with your life. You know, do you want to part, be part of taking this country down? And Western civilization, is that really what you want? Because that's what they're doing. Mm-hmm. Look at well, Perkins Coie. Which side are they on? It's pretty obvious. Right. Right. Well, uh, Alan, um, 
these people, you're right, they'll uh, sell their soul for um, a pot of stew, as my friend Nathan Deschermaker would say, um, and, and they're doing it every day. But I think a lot of these uh, people are actually brainwashed into believing that globalism is a good thing. Well, globalism is not a good thing because it's uh, antith antithetical to the uh, American way, which is, or I'm sorry, antithetical uh, to the American way, which is based on individual rights and individual liberty. If we give up those rights and that liberty, the world is not going to be a better place. It's going to be a much worse place. Yes. Now, of course, we know the universities and law schools are filled with liberals who are brainwashing them and the tenets of globalism and, uh, you know, but they need to be able to look beyond that. They, they need to be able to discern, have the discernment to figure this out. I don't know. Maybe they're not as smart as we think they are. Maybe they're, they know how to pass the LSAT and pass the bar, but they're really not very smart. I don't know. Well, they're, um, let's put it this way. They're smart enough to have accomplished a great deal that uh, we as independents and as conservatives, uh, we can't think diabolically, and that's the reason we're playing catch-up right now because they have the ability to uh, do things that would turn most people's stomach, and uh, they have the ability to do that because they are uh, demonic. They are diabolical. They are people who are driven by the wrong things. They're well, you evil. know, lawyers, lawyers sometimes protect criminals, you know, whether you're a public defender or whether you just go and are a private attorney working for a serial killer like Charles Manson or whoever you are. But, you know, when you when you're protecting communists, you're also protecting killers. And these are mass killers. Communism killed 100 million people. Look at how many people were killed by Stalin, by Pol Pot in Cambodia, how many were killed by Mao in China. OK, maybe they're not picking up an AK-47. Instead, they're picking up their bar license, but they're still engaged in lawfare, which is part of unrestricted warfare. And if they're fighting, they need to figure out what side they're using that weapon, which is their law degree for. And that goes to the judges as well, because some of these judges, I don't know whether they've been blackmailed with hammer or if they're just cowards because they're going to bow down to this blackmail like a cheap suit and fold. But there's, it's really, really bad, the situation right now. And there's a lot of attorneys that are involved in this. Yeah, there are. And I will... I'll make the following statement, and that is, if uh, there is nothing worse than giving up your soul, and uh, I don't care what kind of blackmail they have on somebody, if it means you're going to give up your soul, why in the world would you be willing to do that? That's a, that's a fool's trade. Yeah, Mary? Well, I don't want to paint with a broad brush because there's a lot of good attorneys who have come out and fought this. But you're also at this point, Obama has cornered and overtaken our government. Uh, it is the enemy that moves among us. Um, Blinken is indicative of what took place. He gave directions to the 51 intel 
I mean, this is the top of our intelligence who came out and lied about Hunter's laptop. Mike Morrell, you know, just uh, testified that he had no intention of issuing these statements, but that Blinken, Tony Blinken, gave him direction to do this. Well, when you put Blinken in context and you understand that his father, to the tune of a billion dollars, funded George Soros's Open Society Foundation through Hungary, then you start to see the picture. When you understand that Tony Blinken was the same guy that was um, Deputy Secretary of State and Deputy um, uh, working for Obama and lied with Morell, the same team, same tag team concerning Benghazi. They worked together to lie about Benghazi. Once we had the people from AFRICOM and CENTCOM come forward, and they worked with General McInerney and General Valley, they exposed that they knew all along that it was the Iranians and, and Soleimani that killed our people in Benghazi. Our people at AFRICOM and CENTCOM were told by the Obama administration not to tell who it was. These our men, our military men, as they retired, came forward and told what the truth was. It was Soleimani. And, you know, Donald Trump came into office and he removed Soleimani from the face of this earth. That was yeah. Donald Trump that did that. Yeah, so, that's right. You know, so Mike Morrell lied about Benghazi ad nauseum. He covered with Susan Rice with their bogus film stories while Susan Rice was going from uh, Sunday morning show to Sunday morning show, passing those those lies on all at the behest of Barack Hussein Obama and Joseph Biden. These people are communists. They're evil. They're demonic. And when you say demonic, I don't use the word loosely. When we mm -hmm. exposed Obama and his connections and clues, and we exposed that he and Loretta Fuddy and those he was working with, those who created the logos for his campaign, et cetera, that they were all members of a cult known as Sabud, Sabud, S-U-B-U-D. And that comes out of Indonesia. When one of the men, it's a very small cult, it's 10,000 people worldwide. They have some of the most palatial buildings you have ever seen. So for 10,000 people worldwide, keep in mind, George Soros was someone who funded some of Sabud. So was um, Maurice Strong, the man behind Agenda 21, Agenda 2130, and the United Nations. Sabud is a cult that it was exposed when the British intelligence, John Gondolin Bennett, exposed that their secret, sacred book was Beelzebub's letters to his grandson. Beelzebub is another word. It's a biblical reference to Lucifer, Satan. So when your secret, sacred book is to Satan, then we've got serious problems. So we're not just looking at communists. We're looking at Luciferian, those who worship Lucifer, those who worship Satan, that is a serious problem. Yeah, absolutely. Well, and uh, obviously, uh, Barack Hussein Obama, uh, his connections to Indonesia are undeniable. He grew up there. Mm -hmm. He grew up there. And, you know, when, when 
they started looking at some of the documents and, and uh, Janney's book. Uh, we saw that his mother's um, documents referred to Obama as so Barca. Understand that you take another name when you are brought into Sabud. And so people believe that so Barca is his Sabud name. Again, it's an Islamic cult that worships Satan. Wow. <laughs> this is amazing. Um, well, remember the woman, uh, Deliana Fuddy, that supposedly went down in that plane in Hawaii, right, which right. we then found out had no fuel in it. And we found that out from someone who was right there on Molokai and knew that that, went, that, that plane went up without fuel for a very safe water landing. Hmm. So... Loretta Fuddy, we found that she had a, another name. Her Sabud name was Deliana. Mm. And so she was in charge of Sabud USA. And everywhere Barack Obama moved to, she was right there with him. I'll be darned. Wow. You know, this, this stuff is there. If, if, um, if people would just dig it up, that's why, uh, that's why I had it, uh, Michael, Davari, uh, badass Uncle Sam. I wanted him to uh, hear some of the stuff because you, you dig, you find all this research. Uh, tell, tell Michael and tell our audience a little bit about some of the projects you've worked on, like uh, uh, Port Canaveral, on uh, the the different uh, programs that you've exposed, Hammer and Scorecard, things like that. Uh, so uh, Dan, maybe just very quickly tell our so I'll, uh, listeners I'll quickly that give haven't you an heard this before. Okay, so okay. in twenty in twenty fifteen, we exposed Hammer and Hammer. We found that Hammer was a super surveillance, foreign surveillance tool. Um, that tapes were uh, Ill, people were illicitly recorded. We found out that Hammer existed. It was a super surveillance system. Uh, Dennis Montgomery created it in two thousand three to keep America safe. It was then moved by Brennan and Clapper under their auspices illegally. It had 17 echelons of safeguards and sign-offs to access it. Obama, Brennan, and Clapper took it. They had a VPN directly into the Obama White House. So if you started wondering why all these people were being spied upon and how they were doing it, well, because they had a VPN directly into Obama's White House. Mm -hmm. And so we exposed Hammer and then Scorecard. We found out about, so that goes all the way back to 2015. We exposed that for when it came out of the federal judge, G. Murray Snow's courtroom since 2015. Uh, we exposed it for four years before Dennis Montgomery got in touch with me. Then his partners who had worked with him uh, at Blixware, et cetera, got in touch with me, his, his attorney as well, uh, who was also named Mike Flynn. We then explain scorecard. That's the prismatic scoring algorithm that steals the votes at the transfer points. The prismatic scoring algorithm that steals the votes as they leave the Secretary of State's office to the vote vault. So we exposed that with the stolen elections. General McInerney um, began working with us at that point. But before that, we were exposing Gulf Tainer and the Club K and how Obama brought the enemy inside the wire. Joe Biden was intimately involved in this, using Tiger Grants, handing off our ports, Port Canaveral, where Air, Sea, and Space Command reside. 
to Gulftainer. That's important because Gulftainer, the brother and business partner, was Saddam Hussein's nuclear mastermind in charge of bioweapons, you know, nuclear weapons, chemical weapons. But also, as Alan and I wrote in The Perfect Storm, Dr. Jafar Dia Jafar, who worked for Saddam, they had created with Yevgeny Primakov, the Soviet ambassador to Iraq, they had created the Islamic bloc. And they began working not just with the Middle East, but also with China and Russia, Soviet Union, and North Korea. Dr. Jafar Dia Jafar was on the Pentagon's blacklist, wanted for capture or kill. They don't care if they got him dead or alive, just get him, right? Dr. Jafar and Gulftainer, the family company, then began working with Russia's Ros Rosoborn Export, Rostec Rosoborn Export. That was the Club K cargo container unit that opens up, launches nuclear biological EMP. So right before Obama and Biden gave him a lease to Port Canaveral and then the entire port of Port Wilmington, bypassing uh, the National Security Threat Analysis or CFIUS, breaking the law, handing our ports off to the people who now were exporting the Club K weapons delivery system that's operated via satellite. So they brought them inside our port with the Club K. This cargo container, you don't know, it looks like every other cargo container, folks. So when you're sitting at, a, at, at the railroad crossing and hearing those mournful horns of whistles in the night, those could be Club K's, and Barack Obama and Joe Biden brought them into our country. And once they're here and they launch on this country, our radar points north and east. We have no way to shoot down what they launch from inside the wire. It's also important. You keep this in mind. You, they didn't just give up the ports. They didn't just bring in the Club K. They then handed off our uranium and that Uranium One deal. Why does that matter? Because now the enemy has our uranium and they build nuclear weapons with our own uranium. It will have our nuclear signature. Mm -hmm. Yeah, absolutely. It's a, it, it is, uh, talk about a, a, a way to set up the United States. I mean, we can be, uh, we can be the ones that are guilty of starting a nuclear war and we didn't do it. That's right. That is exactly right, Dan. And so Obama put this into play. And when you start seeing, you know, he and Joe Biden, Joe Biden, as I said, comes out of Council for a Livable World that was started by the Hammers, Julius uh, Hammer. He was a Soviet spy, Armand Hammer, his son. They were both Soviet spies. And it's interesting to understand that uh, this was started by Soviet spies, Council for a Livable World, Leo Schlazard, who was connected to the Rosenbergs, who stole our atomic secrets. This is who gave us Joe Biden. And who was the bagman that raised the money for Council for a Livable World? Well, that would be Al Gore Sr. Mm -hmm. Al Gore Sr. So, yeah. so if you look and you, and if, you know, you know, we do research, we write reports, um, you know, we worked on the apps, put together the absolute series where people brought their data, the information that they had correct, collected across the country with the stolen election. And they came 
just as if, as if giving evidence in court to present that evidence to the American people. That's what absolute proof, absolute interference, um, absolute peril. I brought forward the generals. They talked about General Chi Ho Tien and unrestricted warfare and how they were infiltrating our country. They didn't just say they wanted uh, you know, to, to work with us like this idiot just said from the Treasury Department. Uh, Yellen, that's ludicrous what she just said. It's insanity what she just said. How do you say work nicely with China when they just let a bioweapon uh, leak from Wuhan lab? Mm -hmm. And so uh, that's important to keep in mind. So the people that are behind, you know, the, the Bolsheviks behind the scene that are lying to the American people, it's imperative that we bring the truth to them. So be it the absolute series of films that we did or the, every Saturday night, we do the, the intelligence briefing with generals, with top-notch military, uh, Colonel Stalin out of uh, Fort Detrick that knows about bioweapons, knows of what he speaks, is also a Green Beret. We bring forward people who know the truth and are bringing it to the American people because the Smith-Munt media are lying through both sides of their mouth. And understand that Barack Hussein Obama took the Smith-Munt Act of 1948 and he did the Smith-Munt Modernization Act of 2012. Doesn't that sound nice? Mm -hmm. What it did, though, was let them use propaganda and brainwashing techniques on the American people. And if you don't think that, that these, you know, the kickoff also was what they did with COVID and the lockdowns and the elections, it's all connected. It's all one thing. And um, as Joseph Fried and General McInerney just referenced, you know, we, we know now that there were 200,000 more votes in Pennsylvania and Joe Freed's book debunked. And Dan, if you haven't had them on, you need to have them because 200,000 more votes than voters. It's not hard to figure that one out, is it? But no. the, the Smith-Munt media is not telling the American people the truth. And what, what Red Rupert just did was rather interesting. Now, understand that Rupert Murdoch, when he was at Oxford, had a bust of Lenin in his room. And his son has a portrait of Mao. Do you have that in your room, Stan? <laughs> no, not hardly. <laughs> not hardly. So, you know, people need to unravel what's going on, but we don't have a lot of time. And, and the enemy's inside the house, and it's, it's running this country. And the American people have got to stand shoulder to shoulder and to take it back. Well, Mary, I have to tell you, I, I, uh, you, you saw the announcement that I sent out, but I, I named that show after I had listened to a program that you and Alan did together on uh, the security briefing. And I have to tell you, uh, you know, it made so much sense. You said the enemy is within the wire, and that's absolutely true. Our country right now is being run uh, by the worst people for the wrong reasons, and it's and it's happening uh, right in front of the American people. And you know, it's time that the American people wake up and say, "Wait a minute, we can't let this happen anymore." I want you to talk about the stolen election. You guys did the absolute series with Mike Lindell. You were producer on that whole series and you you did a lot of the research that was involved you worked with the military intelligence folks the kraken group basically 
to uh, get a lot of the information that went into those series. Talk a little bit about that stolen election. And I, I want to get Alan on. I, I, I'll let you guys kind of figure out how you want to approach that. But uh, yes. please talk about that. Alan, feel free to jump in between and offer, you know, but so the absolute um, series, we, I got in touch with Mike Lindell and I said, there's data that we have that the stolen, that the election was stolen. Dennis Montgomery provided data. Um, it's, it, it's not PCAPs, it's binary code. So um, remember, so we started, we, we exposed Hammer in 2015 when it came out of the judges. And so, as I said, I started to know Dennis. We brought data to people that were top military experts because we were afraid for our country. And so we, tr we had one person deliver some things to President Trump, and I like to be thorough. So I brought a second person, and that was Mike Lindell. He delivered mm -hmm. information to President Trump about the election. Um, we brought forward subject matter experts, people who had their own evidence that they wanted to testify in absolute proof, they brought forward that information. Absolute proof, the film is on, in fact, Dan, um, it's on the AmericanReport.org. Mm -hmm. So are mm -hmm. all the other films. Uh, so people can go there and get the, you know, the outtakes or the entire film and sit down and watch it. But every one of those people came forward with evidence on their own, of uh, their own evidence, and they presented that. And these were people who, you know, whether they were weighted ballots where you voted and you only got three quarters of the way to your ballot and the other quarter went to someone else, Dr. Shiva brought that information forward mm -hmm. or, uh, you know, so there's, there's all different versions of people that had information. Um, absolute interference were people from Georgia. They told how they were stealing the elections, how they were writing over tabulator tapes and memory cards, just almost 8,000 votes on those written over uh, those missing tabular tapes. That's, you know, eight, 8 million votes. Well, that was the difference uh, when you're looking at uh, only three more for the election of that entire state. Um, so also absolute um, peril is about unrestricted warfare with these generals. They sit there and tell you what is happening in this country. Alan and I translated. There were actually two letters um, that uh, from the Chinese that we translated. And Alan, jump in. The most chilling part, Dan, was the speech. So the the translation. The most chilling part was the speech that was given with those two letters. Alan, jump in with this because this was really important, mm -hmm. Dan. Because this had Epic Times had brought one, but not the second speech and yeah. also then the, so, the the preview speech or talking about it is beyond chilling mm. alan jump yeah, in. So the epic can you get also... a copy of that to me i'm sorry mary, mary can you get a copy of those uh to yes. me because i know how i can get them to the epoch times and i'll have uh, i'll have uh, those published. It's published. In the we published it on the American Report, so I will send it to you. But okay. Alan, please jump in and tell us about the 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 speech that goes with this. It's yeah. chilling. But I want to bring yeah, you in. Yeah. So, 
So we found uh, the original publication from Epoch Times, which was, from what we can tell, was only published in Chinese, in Mandarin, I think. And so um, we translated that, and that included an introduction to the two speeches, which was written by Epoch Times and published in Chinese, in which they break down what it is we're looking at. And they they pretty much call, and remember that Epoch Times is connected to the Falun Gong movement. Now, this is like a, a movement where they have a spiritual practice. They do exercises outside in the grass that look kind of like yoga. It's very peaceful. And the CCP went after the Falun Gong viciously. Uh, they made a movie about it even. And they would they actually arrested some of the leaders of the movement and tortured them mercil- mercilessly. Now, um, we published that translation. And in it, they call the CCP basically a criminal gang of thugs. And uh, they actually make reference to the Bible and to revelations and to what we're seeing happening today. So they put it into a spiritual context, which is interesting because this is a full and gone connected newspaper, but they actually made biblical references to this spiritual warfare and that these CCP people are completely evil. Yeah, they, they call them demonic. But what was interesting is General Chiho Tien, he's also involved in Tiananmen Square. He then goes to visit the Clinton White House. You know, when when that whole lie about what happened in Tiananmen Square and what they did to those people was covered up, mm-hmm. uh, you have to think about what the hell the Clinton administration was doing working with people like this. Well, when you realize what the Clintons are all about, uh, you start yes. to realize that they, they've been part of, they were the the prelude uh, for uh, Barack Hussein Obama. And, yeah. you know, honestly, tr- Trump was a wild card. Since uh, Ronald Reagan, we've had a series of presidents, and I include George W. Bush in that series of presidents that were here to bring us into the new world order. They were here to bring us into global government under a Marxist system. And uh, the Bushes had a, a long history of being globalists and uh, being part of this whole movement. So we and have, working with China and working with China. And uh, I have to I have to say that, uh, you know, with, Trump has been the only wild card president, probably, uh, I would say, since Calvin Coolidge. Yeah. Well, you have to know your history to understand that one, Dan. But um, yeah. it's it's also understanding General Chiho Tien. He tells in in those two speeches that they need to they they say they own the United States. It belongs to them. And mm-hmm. they he makes no he's not saying well maybe we have he said they have to kill at least two hundred million of us. They have to kill at least two hundred million of us. They have to take our land and our water because they sullied theirs and because it is either them or us. So it's very clear. And, and I say to our fellow Americans, when someone wants, tells you they want to kill you, believe them. Yeah. Yeah. And general Chiho Tien and the CCP. Um, and we work with Dr. Lee Mignon, who's a, a defector and uh, knew about what was taking place and, and exposed it out of Wuhan. 
it's really quite chilling when she tells that if you thought General Chi Ho Tien was bad, he's nothing compared to Xi Jinping. She says Xi Jinping is one scary psychopath. And I think that people need to keep that in mind. Yeah, I, I agree with that completely. Um, incidentally, uh, when, you, when you were talking with these various uh, people uh, that were involved with the Chinese communists, uh, tell our listeners a little bit uh, more about how elections were flipped uh, and you have the actual computer logs. You could track it back to the locations where uh, these uh, these groups were actually flipping votes during the election. And well, they were right in China. That's Dennis Montgomery. So Montgomery, and as I said, this, this went to high-level military. Um, I reported about what Montgomery brought to the fore and put him in touch with cyber folks or, or military who put them, him in touch with cyber folks. These people all came in before, you know, long before Mike Lindell and long before mm -hmm. uh, Jeff O'Donnell. And fortunately, you know, Mike brought in Jeff and he's, you know, verified data. Um, uh, so, you know, anyone that comes to stand up for this country is a, is a good thing. This is not about uh, anything other than saving. It's not just saving the country, by the way, Dan. This is about saving humanity. The world. Yeah, it's the this... world. Mm -hmm. This is humanity. Um, and so, and there's some pretty evil people at the at the top when you're talking about transhumanism, et cetera. But Montgomery had the data and and um, had it, you know, is working with people. Mike Lindell came in. Um, into the process. General McInerney is aware of all this and, um, and has been for some time. And uh, <laughs> you also have to keep in mind, by the way, when General McInerney came in, when we were working on the port stories and showing how our country was being infiltrated, where the enemy was being brought inside the wire, I was working with Admiral Ace Lyons, four-star admiral, head of the Pacific Command, he brings his good friend in, General McInerney. It's important to know that then they took our work to the airwaves, what we exposed on Hammer and Scorecard. This was March of 2017, because when Donald Trump said he was being spied upon, we knew that he was because we knew about Hammer by then. So uh, that is why the book is The Hammer is the Key to the Coup, because as, General, as Admiral Ace Lyons lay in the hospital dying, General Thomas McInerney was beside him, and Admiral Lyons reached over, and he put his hand on General McInerney. He said, Tom, the hammer is the key to the coup. Now, this is the you know, four-star admiral, head of the Pacific mm -hmm. Command. He has all sorts of people that, that he checks with that confirm data to him. The same as General McInerney. We did not go with this information without speaking to military intelligence and getting confirmation. So that goes back to 2015 and then 2017 again. We've been covering that story since 2015, and we published showing the publications. Um, this information is that we have people inside the wire who are working against our country, working in concert to destroy America. And this information is been brought forward showing that 
the Montgomery handed over and he part of his immunity agreements with the FBI was that he had to give the source code, the source code to hammer and scorecard to the FBI. So that went with general to general counsel, James Baker and FBI director, James Comey. When he gave them the source code, he didn't trust anyone. And so he put an electronic identifier into the source code. He has the ability to see whenever hammer turns on, Mm -hmm. he knows who's doing what, when they're doing it. He watched the election and he saw that source code with the electronic identifier coming out of China, out of Huawei, out of all these different areas. So if you watch absolute proof, and if you watch the outtake, the last 15, 20 minutes, you see the video that Montgomery provided showing the votes coming from exactly which computer, mm-hmm. location, where it came into, where it flipped the votes. So the hammer and scorecard source code was handed over to China. They entered our election. Now, interestingly, Alan and I, um, Alan, hop in. We came across the confidential document of Connect, where they told how they were going to overtake our 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 voting system. Alan, hop in with me. I don't like. <laughs> I feel guilty if I don't bring you in here, please. <laughs> I have Catholic guilt, and um. So connect this proved from their own confidential proprietary document that they plan to take over our voting system and control it. Alan, care to join? Wow. Yeah, so the document we found was actually a proposal that came from the CEO of Connect to a county, I believe it was in Missouri, for Connect to contract with the county. And this was supposed to be proprietary information that was shared only with the prospective client, which was this county, okay? And in it was all sorts of information that we had never seen before about exactly how extensive Connect's program was. So they weren't just involved in overseeing staffing for polling uh, stations. They were involved with tracking all of the election equipment, like the tabulators, the uh, devices that they use at the poll, the poll pads where they have information about who's registered to vote. And they were not only tracking the serial numbers of the equipment, but even the trucks that were moving the election equipment and the routes that they took. Now, you can't imagine a better situation for for example, the CCP to get intelligence on our election than to have a company working that closely with tracking exactly every minute detail of the election. So if you put that together with what we learned from Dennis Montgomery about how Hammer works and what he presented, which, you know, remember we were just presenting information as journalists that was presented from Dennis Montgomery, who, you know, we have the documentation that he had contracts with the intelligence community. He's not just like some guy off the street. He had multi-million dollar contracts 
the Intel community then went after him, working together with the New York Times to try to destroy him, probably because they were afraid that he was going to blow the whistle on what they mm -hmm. were doing. So that's a little bit. And by the way, Mary's absolutely right. We've been working on this about Hammer since 2015, way before anybody else talked about it. Um, yeah. With even some posts on Facebook and social media, um, you know, we were the, we brought forward the only the only coverage that happened was uh, an obscure newspaper, far left newspaper in Phoenix. That the Phoenix New Times that tried to discount the information. The mainstream media wouldn't touch it, but we brought it forward, and then we've been attacked ever since for doing that. Mm -hmm. Eventually, we published a book, The Hammer's Key to the Coup, which you can find on Amazon. Uh, basically, like a compendium of all of our findings and what was presented from Dennis Montgomery and, and a lot of information about how Dennis tried to bring this to the uh, – to the to Washington D.C. to um, inspector generals of the different uh, intel community agencies like the CIA and how he tried to bring this to the Hill. Uh, all that's covered there. Also, just want to touch briefly on Barack Obama again and his background. It appears that the the seeds of this whole Gulf Tanner operation really go back. Well, it really goes back to 1976 when Gulf Tanner was founded. Uh, but then subsequently, about five years later, in 1981, Barack Obama, while he's a student at Occidental College in California, went on this mysterious trip to Pakistan. And you probably remember hearing some noise about I that. I remember. The, yeah. yeah. So who did he meet up with in Pakistan? None other than a really shadowy character named Wahid Hamid, who is a Pakistani national who came over here as a foreign student and then hooked up with Obama at Occidental. And they were running around in California. Then he goes over on this trip and meets up with Wahid Hamid. There's another guy that kind of is in the mix there too, uh, Vinay Thamalopoli. He, he was an Indian national. Uh, apparently, you know, he used to go jogging with Obama in Los Angeles and, and they were reportedly were roommates at one point, but all these guys go back to five years after the founding of Gulf Tainer in 1981. But where it gets even more interesting is that we found that Wahid Hamid was a managing partner or managing director. He had a high level position at Abraj, which was the, at the time, the largest private equity uh, company in the Middle East, uh, run by a Pakistani, but their were their offices were in the UAE. And when, after we exposed the connection to Gulf Tainer, because one Same of the ownership. founding shareholders of Abraj was Hamid Diaz Jafar, who's the brother of nuclear scientist Dr. Jafar, mm -hmm. and was involved in this oil for super weapons scam to fund. Saddam's WMD programs and Dr. Jafar's nuclear uh, development program and his uranium, uranium enrichment programs. After we brought that out and exposed that, all of a sudden, Abraj collapsed. Biggest private equity firm in the Middle East connected to Gulf Tainer. And, and Obama. important to remember that they were connected to the Clinton Global Initiative, and they got $70 billion in promissory notes. What were they buying? It's amazing. I, I, 
Michael, um, I have to <clears throat> I have to ask you: Have you ever heard of most of this stuff? And does this uh, see this is the kind of research that uh, Mary and Alan have been doing for? Uh, really a decade. And uh, Mary, you came on, I think the first time I had you on my uh, Connecting the Dots podcast was around 2016. And we were talking about Gulf Tainer and, um, you know, mm -hmm. the, the uh, nuclear uh, inside the wire with uh, Gulf Tainer and with uh, the Russian... Uh, you know, weapons program that was brought in with the uh, uh, containers. Um, anyway, you were talking about all this stuff back in 2016. Michael, have you, you're pretty on top of things. Have you heard uh, of most of this stuff? Well, thank you uh, for asking. And, and I don't think anybody that's familiar with uh, Mary Fanning uh, cannot know it. I, I, Thank you. It's a pleasure to meet you. It's a pleasure to talk to you. Uh, your work is incredible. And, and indeed, I think anybody that starts following these rabbit holes, once you start going down in uh, these rabbit holes, you, and especially when I, the amount of people I talk to out there on the street, it amazes me how many ordinary people uh, know these deep, deep secrets, uh, which brings to me, it's like, well, with this knowledge, what is the actions that we can take to go ahead and keep on uh, uh, spreading this? And beyond that, just not just, what do we do to go ahead and make these yeah. changes actionable? What do we do? We have the knowledge. I think we have the numbers. Uh, what is the next step is what I'm always asking is, you know, what can we do there? As are we. And that's why uh, uh, General McInerney and General Valley and Ed Hugland, um, Colonel Sellen, they're bringing this information uh, to the American people. They need the sheriffs to stand up and work with us. They are the first constitutional um, uh, roadblock. They represent the people, and uh, our our our, uh, our governors have got to have pressure put on them to stand mm -hmm. as states' rights against this federal takeover of our country by these communists. And uh, we, you know, we have to continue to speak in one voice. Understand yeah. that this this whole Gramsci movement dividing people by color, et cetera, affirmative action. That's all to divide people. And so a divided house falls. That's what they want. They want the division, but we must stand shoulder to shoulder. We are the American people and we're not going to fall for this garbage. And is General Flynn, once again, there's 2% of them, there's 98% of us. And we can see as they are quivering now, and seeing that their plans did not work, you ask yourself about Bill Gates. Who the heck is this guy? Who, who <laughs> lied? Who lied about these vaccines? The data that's coming out now, the damage that it's caused people. Uh, 
that people were sterilized, that they, you can just go to one thing. We did a piece on the DMED data and we worked with uh, Todd Callender, the frontline docs, uh, the, the lieutenant colonels and the flight surgeons that came before Congress and they testified. General Austin had the DMED data. The American people have to understand, and it's not too tough, when you want to hide the data from Pfizer for 75 years, then you've got something to hide. No and when, when they hid the therapeutics, ivermectin and HCQ, you had to hide the therapeutics in order to get an emergency use authorization that came with indemnification so that you could not be sued by what happened to people. Now you understand that hiding the therapeutics was in fact a fraud, which I should think makes that in indemnification null and void, null and void. So Nuremberg two trials and lawsuits are in order. And also why was General Austin hiding that information from his troops as he was insisting that they all get vaccinated? Now I have a, uh... A couple of suggestions, if I may, it's on. Please. Uh, and by the way, it's my pleasure uh, to meet you. Well, thank you. It's, it, but I have a couple of suggestions because I'm always, I'm a, I'm just a solution guy. I want to go ahead and get an idea of, uh, of all right, we have the knowledge. What can we do to enact? Now, I try, I'm trying to advocate people to become more visible. I don't think they give a, a fat crap about our phone calls or our emails or our letters. Uh, it, yeah, they do have an effect. I'm not saying people shouldn't do that. We should indeed still do that. But I think we, and it's, I think it's George Soros knew this, and I think the forces that should not be that we're fighting against know this. If you don't control the streets, you don't control anything. That's why they enacted Black Lives Matter. That's why they got Antifa out there. That's a small group of useful idiots to go out there and make a lot of noise. Uh, I'm, out mm -hmm. of I, I'm out of the streets. I talk, and I have a group of the homeless people or, or the grunge people, as they were, they hang, hang out close to me. I've befriended a lot of them out there and talked to them, and they get hired to go ahead and, you know, and create streets in action whatnot uh our idea that well okay if they why not us we're smarter than they are we do have the numbers and but i why we get people that with a voice the people with the voice uh, you mike lindell's and all and let's become more visible in the sense of not just street action Instead of just writing the letters, making the phone calls and the emails, having groups of people go to the offices. Everybody's got a, an elected office representative has an mm -hmm. office close to them. Show up at the door. Show mm -hmm. up in there and say, excuse me, I'd like to speak to the person in charge. Check that. I'm in charge. We're in charge. I want to tell you what we want to do. You're not going to tell me we want answers to this and then get right into it. Just, you know, show up at the offices, become visual, take a day every week or, you know, just show up. Also campaigns like, and several people are doing this, but I think it'll become more prolific. 
uh, billboards. Just get billboards and put the factoids up on the billboards. Put all these uh, truthisms up on the billboards. Mm-hmm. You know, in other words, just become more visual. I think we need a campaign, a general strike. I've been advocating for if we have, if we can get thirty or forty thousand people to a Trump rally at a, you know, at the, like that. Why can't we organize the state militias and average citizens mm-hmm. to show up at the border in mass, 50,000 of us or 100,000 of us for a week and just go, not today, and just show up and block the border? Mm-hmm. How, I mean, what would it look like? I mean, what are they going to try to do to stop us? How would that look if they try to stop us from doing that, us protecting our mm-hmm. own country? And, and just, put pressure on Governor Abbott. Thank you. Just, who is working for the Bushes. Thank you. It just, in other words, it is we the people. It's above my head. You say it. We all say it. I, nobody's coming to save us. The White Hats are not there. That's a that's the PSYOP. It but is. there's new information now. And the amount of Chinese that Michael Yan uh, is and he's on another Green Beret, is seeing coming through the Darien Gap, and they're military men. Colonel Sellen is exposing the 400,000 that are inside the country already. And so um, if you're looking at what they're doing and the factories that are burning down for eggs, what they're, you know, they're going to vaccinate the beef, put the mRNA in beef and pigs so that it gets into the people's mm-hmm. bodies, uh, is is people understand what's coming and you know a, a digital currency as they take away freedom it, you can't wait until it's all, all all over to to stand up so it's important that we stand up now just like you said gathering at the border you know everyone that runs that border the bill is being given to the american people because the government has no money unless they confiscate it from the people so they're getting being handed a new phone not vaccinated, promised a job, and the American people is that they as they offshore and outsource our businesses to China, they're paying the tab. Yeah. That's right. So and also is you're is they're putting these perversions into the schools and then the you know FBI shows up to arrest people. Since when? At school board meetings, since when did things like that happen in this country ever? So it's, it's well, Mary, uh, what Michael said about the numbers, that's a, a that is a really important thing because they've been winning the battle because they've kept so many people silent. The numbers are definitely on our side. We just need to show up. And if we do, uh, it'll take off like a rocket. We will have, it would amaze you how quickly we can turn this information over and uh, bring these people before, as you say, a new Nuremberg trial. Well, and also Mayorkas. I mean, they're talking about impeaching him. But beyond that, the new NGO, how many people know about the new NGO that Obama, Clinton, and Bush just started, where they're going to fly people in from all over the world, more refugees from all over Africa, from every country in the world. They're trying to destroy the American way of life. 
Mm-hmm. Doing a pretty good job of it. But who can we get to organize something like a billboard, nationwide billboard campaign? Can we get Mike Lindell to talk about that? No, you, you, you need the military generals, the white hats. You need the stars. You need the flag officers for America. You need the trusted military that knows how to lead. These are the true leaders. They've been trained to be leaders. General Vallely, General McInerney, Ed Hugland. You've got a guy that came out of the you know, um, inspector general for the intelligence community. These people are trained. They know that this is, uh, they know how this is, this operation, how it's being run. In fact, at our website, there's a piece on from Jeremy Brown, Green Beret, put in prison for seven and a half years. He says he was set up and he never even entered the Capitol. They wouldn't let that, that enter into the, the trial. He made a video He's a Green Beret and told us the, the, the handbook that they're using to take down this country. If you just go to the American Report, Google uh, Jeremy Brown, listen to that video that he made from jail. He also sends us to a document to understand exactly what is happening here. You know, imagine this guy with five daughters put in prison, set up. He says that, you know, there was no fingerprints from this 1980s hand grenade that they put him in prison for, um, no hair, nothing, none of the DNA belonged to him. So he's put in prison for seven and a half years because he refused to collaborate with the FBI. And, Mm -hmm. uh, imagine that he's still making videos from prison and directing us how to win. That's what the real American spirit is like. You know, the French stormed the Bastille. Yeah. Why can't we storm that gulag in Washington? You know what? <laughs> Every single podcast should be using the music from Les Miserables, from the French Bastille, the marching as the people were coming to take back their country there. We should all be playing that, the, that music over and over from every corner of this country. Well, it's got to speed. We got to start organizing. It's enough to talk about this. We know what the problems are. We, we know what some of the solutions are. How do we start organizing? Who can we get to start organizing this? What group can we get to? What can we start to do it? Whether it be the billboard campaign, whether it be people going to the border, whether it's to storm the gulag. I'm saying that now I'm tired. and not well, tired. Well, you can hear my rants. Or if you listen to my rant, I, I just put up on a video. I mean, You're right. You're 100% right. We shouldn't be sending money just to some people who are parading around the country. You're sending money to support something. It's not buying anything else at this point. Send it to a campaign that's putting billboards up across the country. Send it to a campaign that's that's um, serving lunch at the school board meeting so that many, many, many people are showing up. You know, so many, you know, so be the peaceful resistance that's bigger and stronger and tougher than Black Lives Matter or uh, Antifa. Understand something else. Uh, we wrote a piece, and I did this with Terry Turchie. Dan knows who Terry Turchie, FBI, one-time FBI uh, deputy director mm-hmm. of counterintelligence. And with Terry, we brought forward an FBI asset turned whistleblower who told that Antifa and Black Lives Matter were being being foreign funded out of Africa 
and the Middle East. So that makes them an act of war unto themselves. If you're being foreign funded of these groups that are burning our cities, then that then they are being funded for an act of war on our country. Absolutely. Mary, absolutely. I'm tired of talking to people on the street because I'm going to track. I have a big display of, you know, Biden in an orange jumpsuit and chains and all these patriotic posters up there and uh, talking to, of course, I'm going to attract patriotic conservatives. And they're, you know, it's always, what can we do? What can we do? But then they're afraid of losing something. They're mm -hmm. afraid. And I tell them the fear is what they feed off of. We have to Well, that's why they did what they did at J6. The I whistleblower do. came forward and told about this and told that they were told that they knew what they were doing. This is to frighten people. We were set up like bowling pins. I was there. I went the day on the, I was mm. there on the fifth to check things out, to go around. Just, there were several speeches also. And I couldn't see Antifa or Black Lives Matter anywhere. And I said, I'm going, well, this is strange. They're always there. And then people started saying, well, they've infiltrated the crowd. They're wearing their hats backwards and they're wearing something orange. So mm -hmm. they identify each other and then go to their handlers could identify them. So I actually started following them around. I started identifying myself and then, you know, searching them out. And I was seeing a lot of that activity go down. So we were set up like bowling pins there, but that sent a chill. And they're still trying to send that chill through the through the entire populace that if you stand up for what you believe in, you're going to get shot down. Well, so what? If yeah. you don't stand up and speak out, you're guaranteed to lose everything. But you're going to die in the gulag. You have a shot at winning. Yeah, You'll die right. like a dog. You'll die like a dog and your kids will be, you, you know, look what they're already doing in the schools. The day that Barack Obama was elected, Bill Ayer started going to kindergartens in this country. Now, if, if you've read Prairie Fires or if you've read the book of the uh, military man that infiltrated Bill Ayer's group and saw what perverts and having sex with children, et cetera, then you, sh then you have to understand what's coming. And when you're seeing this whole NAMBLA movement that came directly from Frank Marshall Davis, the Man Boy, National Man Boy Love Association, it doesn't take a lot to understand what these people are up to. No, indeed. Mm -hmm. indeed. Even, there's ways of doing it. Even if, You don't have to become as crazy as I am to get out there on the street and, with a bullhorn. I have a, anything. Anybody can do anything. I have a good friend of mine that does this. He, he very stealthily. He makes up business cards with little factoids on them, little truthisms. And he just leaves them everywhere. So yeah. it could be about Gas masks, pumps. vaccines, whatever. So if you know he leaves them with the tip or he puts them in people's windshields or he just leaves them everywhere. Yeah, go and print them out on 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 those post-its and leave them on every gas pump you ever go to, put them on windshields, put but you got to wake up the people because this is not a lot different than what Mao and and what took place in Russia with the Bolsheviks, they, they're they not just going to take over. Is, is uh, 
General Chiho Tan says they want to kill 200 million of us. So better to take, you know, take this apart while you still have an opportunity. This is why they keep going for the guns. This is why yeah, they want absolutely. your guns. Yeah, absolutely. And Mary, well, they've talked about this for decades. I, I, I've shown on this uh, podcast the uh, FBI uh, informant, the whistleblower who was inside uh, the weatherman, and he said that they they talked openly about how they were going to have to kill a bunch of people that wouldn't acquiesce, that wouldn't go to the, uh, wouldn't work out in the re-education camps. They were going to have to kill them. And at that time, they were talking about killing 25 million people like it was nothing. Yeah, that was Larry Grathwald who infiltrated yeah. them. He told exactly what they planned on doing. And I'm. this is beyond our... If you live where we live and how we live, this is almost beyond our imagination. We couldn't have understood such evil. We couldn't have understood such bloodthirsty criminal minds. But once you understand that time salute, that forefinger salute that Bernadine Dorn Ornstein adopted after that fork was stuck through the belly of Sharon then you start to understand what these people and who they are. Yeah, they are evil. Absolutely abject evil. Michael, um, Mary talked about the, the various uh, military officers, the flag officers who have uh, come out and spoken openly, and I know a number of them, and they are trying to get uh, movement going to... Uh, to stand and fight back on this. And uh, there is a group of people in this country that are willing to go all the way, that'll literally stand up and if they get shot down, that's what we need to happen. And maybe some of us are gonna end up having to be that cannon fodder so that we can show the rest of the country that these people are dead serious about what they're doing. Well, Solzhenitsyn warned that as they stood there and they let people be taken one by one, that's how they got away with it. Had we mm -hmm. stood up and if those people that came to start taking people, using lawfare, arresting the innocent, if they had been met with the other side en masse, that couldn't have happened. Solzhenitsyn told us what to do mm -hmm. so that we wouldn't repeat what took place when they were all put into the gulags. If there's any one thing I'm doing out there when I'm on the street is uh, I hopefully give people the incentive, the idea that they too can stand up without fear. Because I have always, every day I'm out there, someone's going to come and several people will walk up to you and say, well, do you, do you ever get attacked? Do you, do you, are you getting, what kind of reaction do you get? And I tell them <laughs> that, uh, probably 98% of the reaction I get is positive, and the 2% from the skinny jean, pence and neck nitwits are easy <laughs> to dispatch. I just have to ask and come over and talk to me. And mm -hmm. the, so they're always surprised, like, you know, wait. So I try to give them the idea that you can have the courage, and I always repeat the story of how I first started out doing the street action. I was a political satirist for a cartoonist for a newspaper here called the Nuala 
New Orleans levee. We don't hold anything back. And I just took a sign on the back <laughs> of my bike one day, and I went out to the streets with it. And this is like when Obama first got in. And uh, it also says was Obama is Bush on steroids because he was doing all these bombings. Now, this mm-hmm. is predominantly black uh, liberal city. So I didn't know what kind of reaction I was going to get. But I was a little, you know, it's one thing to be in a newspaper and be behind the scene, another thing to be out there in the street. And so I, was, I wasn't out like 10 minutes and this car comes by and slams on its brakes. And it backs up middle-aged black lady rolls down the window and goes, they've been saying that. That's what I've been saying. Mm -hmm. And -hmm. that's when the fear, any trepidation I had just dissipated. And said, well, this is fine. I'm taking my stuff to the street because this is it. And that's it. If people just take the first step, if you took the first step for action, you would understand that you, you have the power. Those are the fearful ones. And they feed mm-hmm. off your fear if you're fearful. Don't do it. Make them. They're already afraid of you. Absolutely. It's like I've got a good friend uh, in uh, Prescott, <laughs> Arizona, and um, my wife and I were talking about relocating to Prescott. And uh, But I we looked in Sedona, and uh, Sedona is a beautiful area but it's just absolutely lousy with liberals. And uh, Michael said to me, he says, uh, you don't want to go to Sedona because uh, it's full of these liberal people. And I said, well, maybe that's the best place to be because I know for sure none of them own a gun and they're all a bunch of gutless wimps. So uh, all I need to do is remember that they taste like chicken when all, all hell breaks loose. Just remember, they taste like chicken, and, and you're in good shape. <laughs> anyway, uh, Mary, I mean, we're almost out of time, but I want to give Alan a chance to uh, uh, say a few words, and then I'll have you say a few words. Well, um, I want to circle back to what Mary was saying about Rupert Murdoch and the reports that he had a bust of Lenin. Uh, back in his college days. So, you know, it looks like he had communist sympathies back then, and maybe that never changed. And maybe this entire time, Fox News was basically a limited hangout operation, pretending to be conservative, but there was only so far you could go. And remember that it was Fox that uh, called the election in Arizona uh, very early, and a lot of their a lot of their viewers saw right through that. And, um, and now with the dismissal of Tucker Carlson and other personalities on the network, uh, I think Murdoch's true colors are coming out. Now our article about Rupert Murdoch, Red, Red Rupert, as he was known, um, we have a picture of him uh, sitting there with Jeb Bush and uh, Valerie Jarrett. Now remember what we uncovered includes Valerie Jarrett's uh, family was connected to Alfred Stern, the Soviet spy. So what's he doing hanging out with Valerie Jarrett, who was born in Iran? Mm-hmm. Well, also keep in mind that Fox News is now the uh, Ray Epps of the news organizations. That's true. Yeah. Yeah. Well, um, 
Mary and Alan, thank you for being our guests. I want to re remind our uh, viewers and our listeners that Mary and Alan write uh, a regular report called the American Report. So go to the AmericanReport.org. Also, Mary, you do the intelligence briefing. You do a number of other programs. Very quickly, tell our listeners how they can hear more from you. So every Saturday night, we do the intelligence briefing with these um, retired military, because, of course, you have to be retired in order to speak out like this. And then we also now do on America Out Loud and iHeartRadio a show five days a week, um, the National Security Hour. And we have military and intel experts come in, and Alan and I have done several. Um, I suggest you go and they just ran a two-hour special of our work last night. Uh, the, the clues, and that goes to... Um, as we tell people about the background of the infiltration of these these uh, communists, Valerie Jarrett and the connections and Obama and um, Saboud, et cetera. So on um, the National Security Hour at AmericaOutloud.com, there's also podcasts so you can listen after it runs live at 7 p.m. Eastern time, five nights a week. But it's the American people standing shoulder to shoulder. Dan, it's people like you. It's I love your new friend. <laughs> <laughs> now my new friend, I mean, he's exactly right. This is the, we, the people standing together. And as, as Dan, we, we like to say, no one is coming to save us. We are the people we have been waiting for. So it's time for us to put on our, uh, our prayer, our bravery and speak out. Yeah. Put on our, put on our, uh, uh big girl, uh, pants and uh, be part of the team. Uh, Mary, thank you and Alan again. And I will, uh, I would suggest that you might want to have uh, uh, Michael on uh, one of your programs. He's very outspoken and a very, uh, very terrific guy. And I, uh, th this kind of networking is why I even do connecting the dots. We have gotten so many people connected through the years, and you've been a huge part of that, Mary. Thank you so much for that. Well, thank you, Dan, and I look forward to um, contacting him and hoping he'll come on with us because he's another wonderful patriotic voice. That's what we need today. Yeah, well, I know he will, so I'll get you connected. Uh, thank our listeners for joining us, for connecting the dots. Join us again next Sunday afternoon for Connecting the Dots with Dan Happel. From the lakes of Minnesota to the hills of Tennessee, across the plains of Texas, oh, from sea to shining sea, from Detroit down to Houston, and New York to LA, where there's pride in every American heart, and it's time we stand and say. Today